Welcome back to the Building Stewards Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Brooks, and I'm here to guide you on your stewardship journey through education, encouragement, and engagement. Today, I wanted to answer the question, should I refinance my mortgage? And so this is probably coming um, a little late just with how low interest rates have been within the last 6, 9, 12 months. A lot of people probably have already answered this question or acted on the low interest rate environment, but just wanted to still go over this question because it's not a glaringly yes as much as one may think. And still, it's a good concept. It's a good process to go through and to know for the future because um, if you're listening to this, you're likely going to move in the future and buy another house. Um, Americans tend to move around quite a bit when it comes to where they live. So anyway, wanted to answer this question. And before kind of we get into it, it's good to know some information beforehand and to have some questions kind of starting to, to be top of mind because it helps with the process of evaluating if it makes sense to refinance your mortgage. So one of the big questions that helps us to determine if it makes sense to refinance or not is how long we plan to be in the home that we're at. And this is kind of a, a, a loaded question because we don't have a, a glass ball. We don't necessarily know what the future will bring and what our personal life, our career, all the things will bring. But it, it does help to think about this and it helps to think and pin down intent. I think that's the big thing, intent. Do you intend on staying in the house, you know, long-term, more intermediate, or what does that look like? So how long do you plan on staying in your current home? The other piece of information that's helpful to know is what closing costs would be. And so this is requires kind of some proactive research on reaching out to some lenders. Um, you can reach out to your current lender um, or your lender that you went through to get financing for your current home. Um, but anyway, you need to know kind of a, an approximation, uh, a range of closing costs and what those would be for refinancing your mortgage. Now, closing costs are going to be a cost that's going to range anywhere from 2 to 6% of your mortgage, your new mortgage. And so I think that is a pretty safe assumption. Again, it's going to vary by institution, by lending institution. It's also going to vary by state. Some states require uh, different regulatory processes to go through, which can increase the the cost. So I'm on NerdWallet right now, and I just plugged in some, some numbers just to kind of get an estimate, and I, I plugged in. Uh, a $250,000 mortgage, and it came back with closing costs that are about 5%. And it's going to be fees. You know, the closing costs are just a set of costs pertaining to the closing of the mortgage. And so it's going to include kind of appraisal, home inspection, application, any interest that needs to be prepaid, any uh, homeowner's insurance that needs to be prepaid, you know, if there's any other commissions involved in it, property tax that needs to be prepaid. Uh, and then title, title insurance, title search fees. So I was just kind of going down the list, but those are kind of what you know you can assume to have with closing costs and kind of all that bundled together. But anyway, I think two to six percent is is a good range to kind of count on, if you will. Now again, it will depend on your personal circumstances, like where you live and the the lending institution you're going through. But shop around, definitely 
feel free to negotiate. I think oftentimes we just don't negotiate because we think this is set in stone. But um, if institutions are kind of fighting over trying to get borrowers under their platform, you know, you, you have a lot more negotiating power than you think. So if you speak to multiple lending institutions, definitely kind of pit, pit them against each other and say, hey, institution A is willing to give me this, 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 or these are the closing costs. Are you able to match that or do better? Um, and just see what they do. Like, just sit there and be quiet. So the important part of it is when we look at refinancing, the lower you can get your closing costs, the more it makes sense to refinance. The shorter the break-even point, the faster you recoup your costs and the faster you're able to justify a refinancing for a lower interest rate. So anyway, that's kind of a little snippet. I'll put this uh, I'll put this closing cost calculator in the show notes for you, but there's a lot online and you can kind of tweak a lot of the different variables. And I think you can even plug in your zip code and it might give you even more customized information if you're willing to do that. And then the, the other piece of information that I think is, is helpful to know is just what your credit score is and where, it, where it's currently at and if there's any opportunity for improvement because we know credit scores have an impact on what interest rate you're able to secure for your mortgage because in effect, it is just a measure of how risky you are. That is what your credit score is. It is a measure for institutions and organizations to measure how much of a risk you are. It's also helpful to know the approximate interest rate that you would be able to secure. So this really won't materialize until you start the process with your mortgage lender. Now you can kind of see and hop online to see what kind of the general rates are, but each lender is a little different and they're going to take into consideration your specific details, um, your situation, your credit score, all the gamuts, all the factors to compile an interest rate that matches up with how risky they think you are. So so the interest rate, knowing what that will be, will also be a, another huge piece of information needed to kind of calculate. Does it make sense to refinance your mortgage? So those are some key questions to be able to answer or to get in a general vicinity of and some key pieces of information to have going into this decision-making process. And really what we're doing here, what we're doing with that information is we're kind of backing into an answer. We want to figure out what a good break-even point is where the savings in the form of interest from the refinancing process will pay for itself. We're, we're, we're looking to see how long it will take for the interest savings to justify the closing costs. That's really kind of what we're trying to isolate. And so just a, a brief overview, just refinancing a mortgage is really pretty much renegotiating the terms. Most people th associate refinancing with simply just getting a better interest rate. And that's, you know, one of the most tangible and beneficial ways to refinance your mortgage. But you can also refinance the term um, as well as some other provisions of, of a contract that, that comes into play when, when purchasing a home and taking out a mortgage. So, But typically, the length of the mortgage and the interest rate are the two biggest terms that most people are pursuing when they go to refinance a mortgage. And it's important to know that when you refinance a mortgage, it's a whole new mortgage. It's completely new from when you sign that paperwork. So that's just a fun fact that I think is, is good to know kind of going into the process. So I, I'm, I'm better kind of with examples. So I thought making an example would probably be the best way to explore the possibilities and 
what it looks like to potentially refinance a mortgage and if it makes sense or not. So anyway, I created kind of a, a an example illustration. Now, obviously, there's a lot of assumptions that go into this. When in doubt, kind of do your own research based on your information that you have at hand. I do want to note two assumptions, two general assumptions really quick. The first is that when I go through these examples, I'm assuming that the closing costs are being rolled into the new mortgage. And this is what most people opt for. I think I believe it's called the no closing cost mortgage, even though there are closing costs that's just being rolled into the mortgage. So your closing costs get added on to your existing mortgage balance. Because if you don't do that, then you have to pay the closing costs out of pocket. And most people can't or don't want to do that. That's the first assumption. The second assumption is that when I do these break-even calculations, uh, for the sake of simplicity, I've chosen to use that starting interest cost when calculating the, the break-even point. And what I mean by that is because mortgages are amortized over a specific period, um, your interest cost decreases each month you make a payment. And so more of your payment gets shifted to principal. So when going through and doing a break-even point, you most certainly can do your own and pull the actual interest costs and what it would actually be. Um, but it, it was just a, a lot of work to, to go through for each example and to run the calculations and transfer it over to an Excel spreadsheet and, and add everything up. So it will be off a little bit, but I think for the sake of illustration, it should convey the same point. Okay, so brace yourself. I'm going to run through some illustrations and the actual numbers. So um, if you need to pause this and come back and listen at a time where you can listen and focus a little more, definitely do that. But I'm going to hop into these examples because I learn, you know, the best with examples. So let's say when you initially bought your house, you bought it and had an initial mortgage of $250,000 at 3.9% for 30 years. Uh, your monthly payment would have been approximately $1,179. Let's say you've been paying on that mortgage for about 10 years now, and your mortgage balance is down to approximately $189,680. So that is your current mortgage balance. And now let's say you think that you're able to refinance your current mortgage down to about 3% for 20 years, for that remaining 20 years. And so just to keep the math simple and clean, I opted to go ahead and use the 20-year mortgage refinance rate. So you're still paying your mortgage off in the same time frame, um, but we're able to compare the math a little cleaner. So um, again, we're assuming that you're able to refinance at a 3% interest rate for 20 years. We're also going to assume 5% in closing costs, and that would mean your closing costs would be about $9,484. Again, we're going to add those closing costs to your existing mortgage balance. We're just going to roll it together. So then your new mortgage balance would be approximately $199,164. So your new monthly payment under that those new mortgage terms would be about $1,104, which is a difference of $75 over your existing payment. However, when you step back and look at the difference in interest payments, it's about $120 difference in interest. So you're paying less interest with the new refinance. Um, and that, that starting interest cost per month, the starting point of your monthly payment that is allocated towards interest is about $498 as opposed to $618 is where we left off under, under the 
your initial, your current mortgage. So I know I'm going back and forth a lot. So hopefully you're able to kind of keep tabs on everything and, and keep it isolated. What I'll probably do is try to keep this in the, the show notes so you can reference it and kind of see the math more clearly. But I know, I know I'm jumping around a lot. So anyway, based on those assumptions, based on that interest savings of, of the two different mortgage scenarios, your break-even point would be about 79 months or about six and a half years. So that's how the math checks out under these circumstances and these assumptions. Now, it's not perfect. I implore you to do your own math, do your own research, get the most relevant information for you and your local market, if you will. And yeah, and, and just do the math or invite someone in to do the math for you. But these are just some of the assumptions that, that I pulled and am doing here in front of me. So again, these are all very dependent on your personalized situation. So, okay, another scenario is taking kind of the same framework, but let's say you're able to get 3% in closing costs, which would be about $5,690. So to roll those closing costs into the mortgage, your new mortgage balance would be about $195,370, which would produce a new monthly payment of approximately $1,083. And starting off, the interest portion of that monthly payment would be approximately $488, which is about $130 difference over your existing or current mortgage interest portion. So with these new assumptions, your break-even point would be approximately 44 months or 3.6 years. So you can kind of see how much of an impact closing costs plays on the break-even point. So the lower the closing costs, the quicker the break-even point is going to be and the more it makes sense to refinance your mortgage if you're thinking about staying long-term or more long-term for as relevant as it is for your situation. So to bring it back and, and kind of simplify things, you want to be brokering the lowest interest rate and the lowest amount of closing costs as possible. And I wouldn't be afraid to ask them, ask each lender, is this the best you can do? Is this the absolute best you can do and to let them know that there are other institutions that are competing for your business. One thing I would say that I, I've learned a lot going through this process and, and jumping into the nitty gritty of details. That's why I like creating content as oftentimes it forces you to, to learn and do more investigative research than you would otherwise. I would say during these calculations, I, I found that it was hard to compare apples to apples um, when you're dealing with amortization schedules with changing interest rate payments and just so many differing variables it makes it a little challenging to do a side-by-side comparison so even uh, the first example the difference in monthly payment was 75 dollars, but the difference in the interest portion of that monthly payment was 120 dollars, and so I think it's it's important to isolate out the savings and interest and not the savings and monthly payment, which is kind of the the quickest and easiest thing to do. But when you're dealing with amortization schedules, those differing those differing monthly payments aren't completely attributed to savings and interest. You know, a portion of that will always be principal. So anyway, I just wanted to make that distinction. It's uh, was really interesting, yeah, going through these calculations and and trying to get to comparing apples to Apple. So when in doubt, always be looking at comparing dollar amounts and interest and the difference on that basis. One other thing I was going to say is oftentimes you'll get quoted an APR and APR is is good when comparing loans and, and the cost of a loan over the full duration of the loan. And the reason why I didn't talk about that and bring that up very much is because 
most of the time we aren't holding mortgages for the full duration. Um, and so it kind of throws that out the window. That's why I wanted to drill down into actual dollar costs and actual interest costs uh, because it's more tangible and we can actually find the, the break-even point a lot quicker and it gives you something a little more beneficial and hands-on to deal with. So I just wanted to make that final distinction as well. The point I wanted to make is it's not always, you know, 100% yes. It's not a very glaring yes for when it comes to refinancing because although everyone's doing it, everyone left and right is, is refinancing their mortgage and getting a better interest rate. It does sound good on paper, but you need to to kind of check through and go through the, the process of evaluating if it makes sense for you specifically. A couple other notes I will say is typically if you're just refinancing um, a conventional mortgage, you won't need an appraisal. But you might consider an appraisal if you think your home is appreciated um, in value significantly. And it's good to have an appraisal, especially if you're paying private mortgage insurance. If you're paying PMI, um, you definitely want to get that lifted as soon as possible. So if you think your home's appreciated and that you uh, are eligible to remove PMI, I would definitely encourage um, seeking out and having an appraisal done. So 80% is the loan to value kind of threshold when it comes to getting PMI removed. You know, when your loan to value drops below 80%, so pretty much whenever you get 20% equity in your home, 20% of the value in the home belongs to you, that's when you can start reaching out and seeing if PMI can be removed. Not every bank will remove it automatically, so I'd be a little proactive about reaching out to see if that can be removed. So just kind of keep an eye on those figures Stepping back, if you don't get an appraisal, typically, if you're just looking to remove PMI, they'll base the 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 loan to value off of what the house was purchased at. That's typically, I think, what I've seen happen with my clients and in the industry. So whatever you buy your home at, um, use that as the number when dividing your mortgage by that value to see if you you know are eligible for PMI being removed, that 80% loan to value. So. Okay, and then one other thing that is just a hack, a, I wouldn't call it recommendation, but I would say definitely encouraged if you do refinance your mortgage um, and you do get a lower payment, I would continue, just continue to make the same payments that you were paying previously. So even though you have a lower required payment for your new mortgage, I would recommend paying the same amount that you've been paying from the get-go. And what this is going to do is it's going to expedite the payoff process. It's going to expedite how quickly you're able to get out of debt. And so pretty much what you're doing is you're turning that savings, that interest savings into an extra payment and throwing it back at the principal. And this is powerful. Um, I talk a lot about compounding. Compounding in the form of growth and how it implies to your investments, but it can also compound when you're paying off debt. And this is a great way to compound your payments and accelerate that debt elimination process. So nothing's changing from month to month, except that difference is now going towards principal and paying off your debt quicker. And again, reducing the overall amount of interest you're paying over the course of the loan. So that is a, a hack. I know a lot of people probably are savvy enough to think about that, but it's not always kind of top of mind, especially when you refinance and kind of everything is defaulted. I mean, you have to really go in online and you know adjust the payment for the first time and set it to making that additional payment each month. And so I would recommend kind of just considering that and doing the math, maybe just hopping on this calculator and they have a, 
another mortgage amortization schedule and you can put in extra monthly payments and just see see visually the effect of making those extra payments after refinance and being applied to principal. So anyway, that's how you get ahead and that's how you compound that debt elimination process. Okay, one last thing I will say is if you've kind of been toying around with the refinance within, you know, the last three, six, nine, 12 months and just really haven't pulled the trigger, you know, start to look into that if that's something that's uh, seriously on your radar, because rates are starting to creep up. Now we're starting to see the Fed, you know, allow interest rates to rise a little bit. So and what I can say is those interest rates have an impact on what banks lend to the public. So if you have been thinking about a mortgage refinance, you do the math and you think you definitely this could be beneficial to our financial journey. Uh, definitely start that process because it is kind of a longer process than what you would think anywhere from four to six weeks and could be longer depending on the amount of cases, amount of mortgages they have, they have to refinance, but it does take some time. So start the process now if you are seriously interested in, in going down that path because interest rates are beginning to creep back up. That's the last thing I will say. So I'll drop all those resources in the show notes. So Alrighty, I hope that was beneficial. Again, right now, it makes a lot of sense to have this conversation, but 5, 10, 15 years from now, interest rates and our mortgages could look a lot different, but it's still good to know the concept. It's still good to know how to do the math and to handle the process of does this make sense? And again, all these resources are online. That makes it really easy for us to deduce, does this make sense for our situation? So, so to go from here, you might be thinking, okay, you gave me a lot of information. I can reference the examples in the show notes. Like what, what do I do here? So call to action. I would say if you're thinking about refinancing your mortgage, um, you need to go through the process to get that information. I said previously, you need to know exactly the costs of what you're dealing with. And so when you start the process with your bank or mortgage broker or whatever lender, um, they will they should be able to take in all the information. They should be able to take in information regarding your personal finance, your income, your credit, credit history. They're able to assess how much of a risk you are. They should be able to extend to you an interest rate that you can secure as well as what the closing costs would be. Now, again, I said, I think it would behoove you to try to negotiate those closing costs down as much as you can, um, especially if you're you're interviewing multiple lending institutions, because that is what's going to save you the most over the long term, but also it's going to make that break-even point shorter. So go through that process, get the actual costs for all your institutions, what the interest rate will be, what the closing costs would be. And then from there, you can start to do the math and getting it down on paper, plotting your existing amortization schedule of your current mortgage, and then plotting the new information for the new mortgages and actually going and drilling down and finding, you know, the monthly interest payments of what they would be for each scenario. So that's what I would say. Again, if that's something that's kind of out of your league, it's something that you know you should be doing, but you don't feel like you want to go down that route, it's just too much for you, definitely involve a professional to help you do that math. Because like I said, it's not always a yes. Because what this really is, is doing the math and the calculations to get you know, a, a timeline of when you would be justified of having that paid off with interest savings. But then we get to step back and have the conversation of, does it make sense? Do you feel like you're going to live in your current house for that period of time for you to pay back 
those closing costs and then benefit past that break-even point. So a lot kind of going on. It's not as simple as maybe everyone makes it to believe, but that's what I would say is to kind of start the process, get that information, do the math. But to, to simplify things, try to get a low interest rate, a lower interest rate of what you have, and try to get low closing costs as, as, as low as you can. So if, if you're brokering and you're trying to negotiate the lowest on both of those, then you're doing uh, what's in your best interest. And then you're able to really sit down and do the math and see, does this make sense? What, what does the impact have on my personal finances? Is this realistic? So that's what I would say. Hope it was helpful. Let me know if you have any questions in regards to this. Again, I'm, I'm always looking for new listeners. So if you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe to this on your favorite podcast app. And then if you can continue to share this with friends, family, colleagues, anyone that you think could get some value out of this podcast, I would appreciate it. And until next time, the best is yet to come. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Because it is general in nature, it does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a financial decision. This podcast is not engaged in legal, financial, or other professional services.